Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. My name is Cade. I have an identical twin brother, Kale. Then one day it all changed. There was a bright light in the sky and time stood still. We were both selected. The pure majesty of nature. Programmable virtual reality, the corrupt version. A limitless digital universe connecting all shared virtual reality. Digital tribes. I miss what I never knew. Hello everybody. It's 25 minutes to 1 a.m. on a Friday night. And you know what that means. It's time to step back into the Brainiverse and complete his cinematic quintology. I think this is the fifth of five. The 2018 release, as selected by you, the Patreon powers. Guy Montgomery and I have just watched Twisted Pear. Yeah, we sure have. I didn't know. I mean, I, the name was familiar when you told me that's what we were watching, but it wasn't until I, I opened it up. And started my screening experience that I, I realized I was back in the um, terrifying hands of Neil Breen. Mm. And i got to say, man, like, there's a novelty value, yes, sure. But <laughs> yeah, I was just getting, you know, when, when the stakes in a film aren't clear. Yeah. Like, the longer it goes on, for, there are a few set pieces that naturally you get to enjoy for, for, for what they are. But sort of. I don't. His his conviction that he's both intelligent and right that permeates (laughs) through all of his films is infuriating and terrifying because he's not Mm. he's not either intelligent or competent enough as a filmmaker to articulate what he's trying to say. Like it's always you know the vague idea of corporations, the brain themes. yeah, let's let's address what what do we think bre- the brain themes are? The brain themes are all about systems of control uh, that are that are fucking with our lives, according to this man who honestly just refuses to not wear jeans. 
It doesn't matter what scene or situation or character he's portraying, the same ill-fitting blue jeans every time, every shot, every frame. Um, Breen often very ham-fistedly... I'll tell you what I'm doing, guy, just to set the table for you and our dear listeners. I thought I would struggle so hard to articulate anything about this watch because it was so fucking annoying and confusing that I've got it quietly, play, like silently playing uh, while I'm talking to you. So it's just, it's just on again uh, right. in the background for me. So um, the brain themes are all about like corruption. It's it's the bankers, it's politicians, it's um, sometimes insurance companies. Uh, yeah. And there's, they're always represented by, like, four dudes, <laughs> just four people who he, who like... Very la- who loudly articulate the nefarious things that Breen imagines these institutions to be carrying out. So you wouldn't Twisted read about Pear, it. Mm. In Twisted Pear, he, he catches three uh, corporate businessmen leaving a, a, some sort of office block, uh, and... He, he somehow he gets them in chains and sort of strings them up inside of a garage, I imagine. And then he says, this is this is my version of justice for all the things you've done. And then they just, you know, start running off a laundry list of confessions, which if I'm not mistaken, we have seen before, except yeah. previously in the Breenverse on the steps of Parliament. Yes. They go, all of the politicians we corrupted, all of the illegal drugs, all of the insurance scams. And it's just... And guns, and he, don't it, forget guns. And the illegal guns. Now it, that line, what you're referring to with the, the justice, that's actually a pretty brilliant bit of script writing because um, one of Breen's two characters he portrays in this film uh, says this is for justice. And uh, one of the dudes he's got strung up says, oh, are you, are you kidding me? I'm a lawyer. You know, an arbiter of justice, yeah. and then he said, "This is yeah. my version of justice," and, <laughs> and he shoots him a bunch of times, and they're very um, unaffected by Incre- the bullets. Yeah, well, I mean, it's very difficult to discern what the actual intended impact of the bullets are, even within the the universe of the movie, because whenever he fires the gun, he's, <laughs> he's got he's got he's got an effect this movie's on. So on <laughs> It's got an effect on iMovie that, like, it's like if you took the flame emoji from your phone and just, like, put it for a flash over the end of a fake gun on film. It's honestly, this thing's got to be seen to be believed. It's so fucking rubbish. He's gone backwards. I think he has. At one point, because I was watching it, I was sort of, you know, maybe getting a little bit of enjoyment out of it where I could, but also really battling. And then Rose... I'm I'm living with uh, Boner of the Heart, Rose Matafeo. She came in, and even for the like one minute that she could tolerate being in the room and watching the movie with me, I was like, it's re- honestly really nice to have someone else here because I felt like I was going crazy when I was watching it by myself. Yeah, Bec- like it, it it has to be. It's a group viewing experience because then yeah. you can be incredulous to or with someone. But if you're just watching it by yourself, it's such a slog. And honestly, welcome it's to my world, to- brother. It's probably how he deteriorates the brains of the people who are part of the Breen cult. Because if you watch these movies by yourself, by the time you're finished, you are susceptible, not necessarily to his ideology, but to, you know, whatever the next person or thing you hear is. Do you know, I think a related thing to this is uh, such are the skills of this fine 
uh, aged filmmaker that I was streaming the movie and I thought um, my internet was fucking out, so I downloaded it, but it wasn't fucking out. He just has this bizarre insistence on using all these weird stills that he holds frame on for ages throughout the movie. And I was like, oh, but fucking stuttery here. Nah, that's Breen. That's Breen stuttering. That's the speed of Breen's filmmaking. I love that test. I love he because I, I was the same, but I had downloaded it. He um, yeah, and then also, uh, the the seemingly random pattern in which he chooses, you know, whether or not to use a real location or a, a downloaded green screen, yeah, is the the setting for different parts of the film. There's there's not a lot of uh, rhyme or reason to you know, like at one point. He, I can't, I can't remember what he does, but afterwards he boards, you know, quite a quite a plush private jet, which yeah, is Learjet. so obviously him walking in front of a green screen and sitting down on like a very plain chair. But the way it looks is like he's sitting in a plush chair, but this very comfortable plush chair he sits like on the very edge of, and doesn't lean back at all. I mean, I'm getting bogged down in the wrong details here. Maybe Tim, yeah. we should. I'm on the um twisted pierrefilm.com website so i'm going to oh, tell nice. you uh, i'm going to i'm going to tell you and the listener how this film is pitched by neil oh, breen films before you do actually i'll just give you a fun tidbit because i've i've been on that website once before because when this film got announced and was coming out breen said if you want to do a screening in your city hit me up and i did i emailed the breen and um it was going to be too expensive to put on i couldn't see any way that i wouldn't lose like about a thousand dollars even if tons of people came did did you were you in direct contact with them though yeah yeah you were emailing back and forth with neil breen i see yeah I see, there was like two emails from each of us because i was trying to establish what was emails what sort of, like um you know not grammatically perfect but i could understand what was being said he had some pretty specific ideas about rates and cuts that he wanted for the screening from memory it was something like 500 dollars us plus 50 percent and then if you combine that with what the cinema wants, you know, to put it on, yeah. Um, yeah. you're losing money no matter what way you slice it, unfortunately. Um, well, the, the, so the, the pitch or the blurb as represented on the website is identical twin brothers become hybrid AI artificial intelligence entities, yet are torn in different directions to achieve justice for humanity. Do you agree with this blurb, Tim? Yes or no? No. What do you think it is? I don't know, but no one could. This movie's so confusing. It's you can't glean any Maybe I'm being too hasty, I don't know. No, 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 no. Go ahead. You're not being this too film, hasty at all. This film's fucking indecipherable. And not in a good way. You know. It's not inception. It's not even an art house film where you can project meaning onto it. Because it's like hearing someone who's been smashed in the mouth with a shovel try and read poetry it's like yeah. i understand well, that you are you have the idea of what you want to communicate and you're simply unable to can i ask you a question then tim do you think neil breen has seen a movie <sighs> flip of the coin eh? i really don't know in, do you know, in this film i think there's he a, is. a there's a in the <laughs> Well, he didn't. He didn't pay attention. In this movie, there is a a, a scene with a like 
it, it, it doesn't really make sense in terms of stacking up to what the whatever the narrative is trying to achieve. But there's a scene which is inside of what I imagine to be his home studio. Like it's in a you know some people have small cinemas in their house, so there's like a projector and some sort of lazy boys laid out in front of it. Mm. And this woman who occasionally appears in the film uh, wearing like two dollar shop fairy wings. And yeah. I think she represents something positive, although it's impossible to say. <laughs> it really she, is. She sort of appears in this home cinema. And in the home cinema, uh, one of Breen's other movies starts, I can't remember, maybe it was uh, Passed Through or Fateful Findings, but one of his other movies mm. starts playing on the screen, the end of it. And I'm Brilliant. like, that's just, that's, well, that's, no, but that's... <laughs> Because he's he's in the he's in the scene, and I'm like this, totally blows open. It's the same thing in uh, Ocean's Eleven or Twelve when they talked about how much the woman Julia, Julia Roberts. Roberts was playing looked like yeah. Julia Roberts, and I'm like, mm. well, the whole movie can't exist now. Yeah, and yeah. They really he's fucking, made the same mistake. I didn't like that. Um, I just it's, oh man, it's real. Like it is really confusing, and then you do this is what this is like. To try and describe it, to even after having just watched it to you, someone else has just seen it, you do feel like you're losing your mind because <laughs> there's, no, there's nothing what, to describe. The scene that's playing out on screen right now is the one where he goes past the homeless dude and then a woman walks past and he goes, oh, an attractive woman. And then he's like, accosts her. Oh no, they bump into each other and he drops his phone and she drops some papers and then he just starts yelling at her, come meet me here at 8 o'clock. Come meet me yeah, here. Yeah, I'll buy, I'll make it up to you. I'll buy, buy you a drink. drink. Meet me here at 8 o'clock. He says it so many times. It's so crazy. Scary. Real scary. It's real scary. Um, that's in about minute fucking 12 of the film as well, I think. It's no good. And... um. And then it's revealed later that he's got like this evil twin. It's like, oh, it's not me. It's my evil alien AI fucking gene splice twin or whatever. And it, it so I had, I gave a comedy workshop um, out of town recently. And there was a person there who um, I was talking about like, you know, the importance of how you treat your audience and that you shouldn't lean too much on audience interaction unless you've kind of got, you know, a gag in mind to, to justify it. And this guy who I had um, done a couple gigs with earlier that week was like, okay, well, I've got this this gag. I want to open my set, which he had been doing, where I ask someone in the front row, hey, tell me a funny story that you read in the paper today. And he had this big, um, long reason about why he did it that paid off like three minutes later in a very kind of confusing way, but it made absolute sense to him. And Breen's done the same thing. It's just like, Mate, I understand that you're what you're trying to do is give us a little twist, and that in your head it's all justified. And accosting this woman uh, is the way that you think it plays out is all resolved later by the fact that it's your evil twin. But you've it's... just fucking cooked it because you've kept us in that moment for about an hour, and you've built up no trust. We don't believe anything you have to. We just think you're a terrible, terrible man who yeah, doesn't understand what you're writing or what you're dealing with and that you are basically a sex offender and a home invader. There's another weird bit where he just, fuck, it's weird. Is it his sister whose house he breaks into and wrestles well, with is, for five minutes? It's the, it's the same woman. This is what is so, you know, what makes it quite uh, 
confronting, I guess, is because his, his conviction that he understands all of his characters, and obviously him in the world, he, he is so certain that he understands what's best for humanity and can identify all the flaws within humanity. You know, this unwavering idea, uh, while, you know, breaking every normal code of conduct or social convention, you know, like, he, yeah, he runs into this woman, uh, they drop something, he insists upon meeting her at eight, and she doesn't show up, and he's furious, so he goes and he breaks and enters into her house, gives her a massive fright, she sees him, they start wrestling, she smashes a piece of art that was conveniently just resting on the sofa over his head, and then their wrestle sort of becomes um, not sexual, but like certainly slows down in pace and breathing, and it's like they sort of wrestle each other to a standstill, and then he says, what's for dinner? And she says, it's your favorite. Uh, and then, yeah, she starts talking about how she spoke to their mum or her mum. But the insinuation yeah. is, is, is it's a shared mum or that they are an old, they're a couple who have been together a long time. And so he would, you know, t- t- for her to refer to her mother as mum would make sense because he'd be like, yeah, I know your mum. It's an in-law but or something. There's no, there's no it's clarity. So it's so unclear. It is wild to me the machinations. I loved of this guy's I lo- brain. I loved the scene. This is one of the ones that sort of keep you on the hook as as the movie goes on. When he goes out for a meal with that same woman later on, and they're walking along outside, and he says, "I reserved the entire restaurant just for us." <laughs> and then the the camera very slowly pans to reveal about. 20 to 30 like outdoor dining sets what, what is very clearly on a public walkway with like huge industrial rubbish bins behind them and they go and sit down and he says this place is incredible the food the service except it's all invisible and then they start laughing <laughs> and, and it's these like mind-bending bits of movie making where he's almost suggesting that he isn't on the joke but not in a way that makes you comfortable that he definitely is or that you're the joke he's telling is the same joke that you're meant to be laughing at like it's it's um you just can't trust him this is the problem with brain he's if if he had doesn't need to be a ton necessarily but just a little bit more like 30 percent more trust imbued from his audience into him that he would need to earn um then what we could be viewing is like some cool art, um, but it, it isn't. I think it's just like it's kind of undeniable that you're just watching a man fail in a lot of different regards. Fail as a screenwriter, fail as a producer. You definitely couldn't get a restaurant. Um, fail as a director. In a, I don't know if he's involved with casting, but holy shit, he's involved in he's involved in everything. In some ways, the casting was fucking on point because somehow he has found uh, 20, 25 people who are so shit at delivering lines to a camera that they make his acting look good. And I realize I'm being pretty negative and punchy, but it's like 1 a.m. here and I just, I'm up to my eyeballs and brain and frankly, I've, I've fucking had it. At the same time though, you know, here's a guy who has now made six films maybe you know it's impressive the movies nah. themselves aren't impressive but to be that involved and to actually i mean he's not putting out a cohesive product so maybe you're right maybe it's not as impressive i'm giving it credit for but we're talking about him 
I was on board with the brain, and I'm off board. Well, off board. maybe to to counterbalance this negativity, I'm going to read you from the the twistedpearfilm.com website. I'm going to read some theatre audience reviews and comments. Brilliant. Uh, these are all sort of like a bullet-pointed list, but the bullet points are stars. 500 people came to a single screening in Chicago. They loved it. Ovations. He sort of writes about and deifies himself in a similar way to um, Trump. Mm. A master class in ambitious filmmaking, brings storytelling and usual style. It's one of the most entertaining and best works of the year. <laughs> Who said Beautiful. that? Is that, is that quoted, none, attributed none of, to anyone? None of, none of these are attributed to anyone. Okay. Uh, beautiful. The theatre was electric. Standing ovation. Uh, a visionary masterpiece. I was hooked. Amazing. It was the first time I ever gave a movie an ovation in a theatre. <laughs> Breen at his best. Craving more. We all cheered. <laughs> it was the best experience I've had at the cinema in a year. Without a doubt, the best cinematic experience I've ever had. Simply put, a masterpiece. More mind-bending greatness from Neil Breen. Neil Breen is an inspiration to all indie filmmakers. Neil Breen is a revolutionary. It was fantastic. We had a blast. 10 out of 10. Breen is the most interesting indie filmmaker right now. Fantastic. A legend. A movie event like nothing I've ever seen. The best movie experience. It was in every way a wonderful experience. You know how people talk. The Just audience like was ecstatic, inspiring, intrigued, fantastic. We all cheered. And then the last one is uh, it just says, and many more similar glowing positive theatre audience comments. Man, the thing that makes me the most uncomfortable about Brain, because I'm just watching another scene, is him constantly throwing these women at him on screen. Mm, mm. It must be so... He... He is a man utterly without any on-screen charm whatsoever. And even like when you see him kissing these women, you just, you feel fucking gross. You feel fucking gross watching it in a movie. And imagine being the crew, or God forbid, the cast member who has to be on the other end of that. It just it's it, there's a darkness there. There's a gross. Mm. It's no good. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like the vibe. It is, um, it's, yeah, I mean. And there's quite a bit it of that is in like, this one. This well, one's it's. Gone backwards. There is comedy and failed ambition and like, yes. you know, but it just, it doesn't seem, yeah, I'd love to talk to him. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It just, I don't know. Yeah, because like it, it, all these shortcuts he takes, all these things he does in the, you know, like, he, he he can pan a camera, but then like the visual effects he chooses to use are just off the wall. Like his character that's been imbued with AI, the purportedly uh, heroic one, the twin brother that is is on the quest for great or goodness, mm. it's got power to leap, to leap quite a lot. Yeah, there's some big and the jumps. leap. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> oh, sorry about that. Uh, and the. Yeah, the the jumps are just like he knows they look like shit. There's no planet where he doesn't. They've got um, some characters are given fake mustaches that are, are literally, I think, at one point not even a fake mustache, just scotch tape over the top of their lip. Mm. I love that. <laughs> you do? Well, you gotta you gotta like some parts of it. Um, just I don't. I also. It frustrates me to just not have any idea what's going on, really, you know? So, like, yeah. maybe should we try and get into that? There's no. twins. There's, um, there's, uh, so we're living in a world where there's these sort of alien AI humanoid hybrids, um, that are governed by this, this force, this alien force. And they're very super powerful. And the alien force is the one that's kind of created the the species of thing with experimentation. And they're very powerful. They're a lot more powerful than humans. And uh, Brain, there's Good Brain, whose name I cannot even remember. And I think Bad Brain is called Kale or Kane. Just watch yeah. it. Do not give a it was, shit. It was, Ka- it was Cade is the Good Brain. And oh, Kale really? Is the bad. <laughs> it's swinging a miss. So Cade is the naughty one. And Cade um, is, he he got his powers, like, taken away from him by the Force. And now he's on drugs and he has a beard. And that's how you know he's a baddie. Um, whereas the good brain is a, a, for, a force of light and justice. And at the start of the film, in a breathtakingly terrible sort of approach to doing visual effects... There's a still photo of some special forces style um, soldiers with big 
uh, like assault style gear and some some I, big you, guns. And I appreciate brain, what you're trying to do, Tim, but yeah. it is making me uh, uncontrollably angry. <laughs> I'm just wanting to paint a picture for our listeners who haven't seen the film. It's just a freeze frame. It's uh, a freeze frame, and he's in. The, so Breen's in there with his <laughs> fucking brain jeans, and he's like, "Everyone, follow me. Don't worry. Come after me. I will protect you. I will save you." And like, just fucking change your jeans, my dude. Put some camo pants on for one scene, so you blend in a little more. And then once he sort of steps off the frame, the uh, the the still frame of these. Um, you know, special forces soldiers with guns akimbo. It, it starts playing because it's the first frame of a, a video clip. It's just so hammy. I don't like. There's something wrong with this dude's brain that he thinks he can get away with this stuff in 2018. I I love it what? on the one hand, and if it wasn't coupled with this weird kind of like genuinely dangerous feeling misogyny you know, weird treatment of women thing. I think I could probably abide it as, as very either high art or just great comedy. But his judgment's I, um, all off. I, you know, what are you going to do? I've got a review here on IMDb mm. uh, posted by user McKevin, M-A-C-K-E-V-I-N. Uh, the title of the review is Two Breens Are Better Than One. <laughs> Cinema is a matter of what's in the frame and what's out. Martin Scorsese. Rick Solomon. So he's attributed a Martin Scorsese quote to someone else saying the Martin Scorsese quote. Uh, I can say with absolute certainty that I've never seen a film quite like Twisted Pear before. This was an introspective psychological thriller that explored the fine line between morality and corporate greed. Weaving gracefully through touchy subjects such as artificial intelligence and programmable virtual reality, the corrupt version, <laughs> this film will make you question everything you thought you knew about cinema. While the acting ensemble is exactly what you'd expect from a Neil Breen quality film, Breen himself stood out amongst the star-studded cast. Only the greatest actors of our generation like Tyler Perry, Jack Black and Nicolas Cage have been able to tackle the tumultuous challenge of playing multiple roles in one film. Breen didn't only meet, but he exceeded all possible expectations. Without spoiling the film, Breen played two brothers who, split apart by fate, ended up taking very different life paths, light and dark, good and evil, right and wrong. Breen captured the individual essence of both brothers and gave them distinct individual voices. (laughs) For a film with a budget of only $50,000, you couldn't ask for better special effects. Filled with explosions, daring stunts, and intense fight scenes, the film included much more action than the usual Breen flick. However, it still managed to keep the heartfelt message that corporate greed can be solved easily by chaining up important businessmen in your basement and shooting them intermittently throughout the best hour and 29 minutes of your life. Yeah. 10 out of 10. Mm. See, I, that... Great that, review. At least, yeah, that makes you feel a bit better because they've... Um, They've articulated the experience, you know, to hear them describe the film in such lofty terms with what I imagine is some degree of irony makes me feel less cross and less alone. Do you think you'd watch another Breen film? Yeah. Dude, if he keeps making them, I'll keep watching them. No doubt. I mean, 
you know, this took fifty thousand dollars and undoubtedly, you know, several months to put together. Um, the least I could do is sit down and watch the thing. But it's, think, he's testing it. He's trying. Given this, given the same budget and the same resources and the same amount of time, do you think you could make a better film than Twisted Pear? Yes, I do. Yeah, no, I do. I'm very confident about that, actually. Yeah. I mean, better is an interesting term, though, isn't it? Because what is better, really? If I made a better film than this, I mean, it wouldn't count for anything. But this movie counts for something. So... Why does, it, why does this movie count for something? Well... It's rare that something exists that's this bad that is a movie. <laughs> and let me talk you through that a little bit. Uh, highly collaborative art project is a film you know so it's quite amazing that it got completed to this quality um nothing stops the brain machine so that makes it quite unique in that way whereas if i if i had run it with 50 grand in a couple of months time to make a story it would just fall into a big ravine of thousands and thousands of other mediocre films this is something else, and Breen is something else. He's a madman. It's like if a, yeah, um, that's, here's what it that's is. What I, it's like if go. a toddler learned how to drive a car, I think, and the <laughs> the car crashed a lot. Um, but you're just fascinated at the fact that the toddler had figured out how to turn the ignition and figure out some sort of pedal system to accommodate its tiny little legs. And you were like, I mean, this is fucked and super dangerous and it shouldn't exist on the road alongside the other cars. But it's kind of amazing that this toddler is actually doing it to an extent. That's what a brain film is. Yeah. But the, the, a toddler driving a car is inherently impressive because that's outside of the purview of what toddlers do. Adults make movies all the time. Adults make movies all the time, Tim. Brain's not not an adult. Brain's not an adult. Brain's a brain. Brain is just a brain. That's all he is. He is an adult. (laughs) And um, I think credit where it's due, his unwavering commitment to finishing these things is really like the most impressive quality he has. Because, you know, yes, there are different compromises made at different times in terms of quality, uh, both in in production and post-production. But, like, he doesn't let the incongruity... I can't even speak. Incongruity. Yeah. He doesn't let the fact that, like, uh, one part of the movie might make sense and the next part doesn't stop stop him whereas i feel like my instinct would be like well no we can't have you know a third of this movie really working and then two thirds not we're going to fix those two thirds he goes no we did it like and that's you know that that requires uh drive and courage and a sort of determination or like just a willingness to you know credit to anyone who makes anything and 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 finishes it no matter how the project comes out, it is an it's you know, yeah. it is an achievement. And saying that, don't watch this. I went to a, a show here at the Edinburgh Fringe yesterday, Tim, called Friendsical, mm-hmm. the uh, the Friends parody musical, 
And this was a show that did not understand the concept of what a parody was. Uh, it was, you know, I, w- I would say probably had a similar budget to Twisted Pear. Uh-huh. But it was like, it was also similarly, you know, I, is it impressive that they they managed to make a whole show that went for 90 minutes? Somewhat. Right. Does that mean it needs to be out there? Absolutely not. It was uh, it was abysmal, and the I mean it's, I, I'm, I'm, it's not a really a helpful analogy here, but like it's the same thing where it's like you know to see the evidence of someone having created something is great, good for them, mm. but doesn't need to uh, exist in the world. Does it doesn't mean anything? I need to. Doesn't I mean that I need to watch it? Although I have. Um, let me ask you about the frenzical. Was it interestingly bad, like this is, like all brains movies? Uh, see that? No, no, no. This is the thing, and because I, I'm sort of, you know, like we, I think we both have a, a natural magnetism. We're drawn towards. Uh, I'm going to sneeze. <coughs> Sorry, um, bad art, or you know, something that's that's made poorly. And the, the the real joy in it, like it's it's a very specific type of badness that is enjoyable in the moment that you mm. can enjoy while it's being bad. Like it's it's almost impossible to articulate the pitch of badness that needs to exist for that to be the case. The Breen film and Frenzical, these are that they're enjoyable somewhat on reflection. Like you know, watching the Frenzical, I was like, to be able to talk about this is is the value I'm extracting from it. It was not. It was just long. So their first song, I mean, the, the premise of the Friends call is that Ross, the character Ross from Friends, gets all of the five other friends back together to put on a musical about his and Rachel's love story. What? So already, already, the, I mean, they've just shattered all sorts of storytelling conventions and rules. Like, it, it, immediately, it doesn't make any sense. And so they... Like and then they just they rattle through ninety minutes of like iconic lines and moments from the show, but all out of order without having earned any of the context that would make the jokes funny. And it's interspersed with eight songs that sort of are meant to summarize, you know, feelings or things. I mean, it's crazy. The first song they do, the opening number, is like a um, uh, an off-brand version of the "I'll Be There for You" theme song. So they're singing along, and there's this like or eerily uncanny valley similar sort of guitar jangle playing underneath them, and they're going, "So your life is different from what you thought it could be," and you're like, "Holy it's just, shit, this sounds bad." Yeah, it's just cra- calling, it's crazy. But it, are they have they named this a parody musical to flout certain um, copyright laws? Yes, right. Almost. So I just, will say this. The yeah. actor who played Chandler Bing mm. really brought it. Was he good? They was he was sensational. But was it a Breen situation where it was like Breen acted the fuck out of that movie, Twisted Pear, but it was just because he had surrounded himself with people who had never um, read anything out no, loud before? No, because this guy wasn't the writer, director, producer, caterer, editor. He was just one person doing his job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what do you think is, like, <clears throat> how do you think Breen reckons his career's going? Well, 
he's not tethered to reality. Yeah. As far as we know, here's a guy who's made six movies entirely off his own bat. He, um, I mean, you know, I've got no idea what he's like outside of watching him on screen, but I don't think he has the self-awareness to ever consider anything he's done to be a failure. All of his films lack the basics of self-awareness. Yeah. You know what sucks as well? Just watching it for the second time at playing over here. This is, you know, quite a technical and specific thing. There is no depth of field in any shot in this entire... Like, it looks like everything's been taped on a camcorder. Every every image is so flat, so unspeakably flat. Everything is perfectly in focus. And it just makes the whole thing look even cheaper than it needs to. You can buy a camera for like a grand that'll make stuff look more cinematic than this. It's just mind-blowing. This is the thing, though. He's got so many different hats on. He's not focused on nailing any one thing. He's focused on getting He's everything d- done. Nailing? You kidding me? He's nowhere close to the board on any of it. But, well, I don't but know. you're watching a movie. You're watching a movie he successfully made. People are on shot. Uh, hey, I can't... Did- I can't talk about this anymore no 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 i want to ask you one last question are you ready for it go ahead what do you think was going on with those cats bro (laughs) those little three statuettes of cats that kept moving around on the table what was that about uh no it's it's not fair to ask me that because to talk about it or speculate as to what they're meant to represent would be to honour the idea that they represented anything. It was just a fun little effect he figured out how to do and he, he just would intersperse it throughout the film. The cats are nothing. He's just using magnets under the table, I think. That's the big trick to it. Also, yeah. um, that's, Breen... what, that's what the cats represent. Neil Breen discovered what a magnet is. <laughs> Breen managed to um, also three times, I think, three separate times in this film, do my most hated thing in television or movies where you make something slow motion that wasn't shot for slow motion and just looks really like jagged and shitty. Yeah. Fuck it. There's a real pet peeve of mine. Wow. Fuck this whole project, man. This, this one, this one was particularly bad. Everyone. Um, not, I think not watchable. The la- it was the last thing you did in your day. It was the first thing I did in my day. I think we were together and we had some of that herb, and you know we were excited to be together and watch a film together. This could have been an enjoyable experience, but fuck, due I, to circumstance, this really, uh, yeah, this was this was not a cool time. No, no. Um, in saying that, mm? we will be together soon. Uh, we are going to be together in London, England for the London Podcast Festival on Friday, September 6th at 9.30. We're doing a very special one-off live event. Tim and I are going to hole up in a hotel the morning of the show. We're going to watch 499 minutes of consecutive cinema in order. <laughs> Grown Ups 2, Sex in the City 2, We Are Your Friends, Sex in the City. And finally, we will have a conversation that measures and discusses these movies and how they work in tandem with one another, how they compare and contrast to one another, and uh, really, I think, hopefully achieve some sense of closure to, uh, (laughs) I don't want to say four wasted years of life, but certainly four years of life that have been um, interrupted 
by this little passion project of ours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll co-sign that. If you go to littleempirepodcast.com slash live, um, there's ticket details and, and all that sort of good stuff. It would be lovely to see you there. We are very excited about that live event. Um, uh, the concept of a 10-hour t- um, marathon day followed by the live show does excite me. So I uh, hope to see you there. First, first mm. live show in the continent of Europe. Fantastic. Absolutely. Uh, thank you so much, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. God bless you, Patreon powers. You're the real heroes. You're the anti-brain. I'll take you out to dinner. Let's have a drink. Let's have a drink. Leave me alone. Let's have I a drink. Have a I'll meet Get you back here place. at 8 o'clock. I miss my brother. I'm with you. 